Yeah. Woo. All right. What's up? This is uh, Keeping It 5150, episode seven. It is seven. Yeah. Oh, episode man. seven. First time I've been wrong about an episode. I was like six. <laughs> no, we did six last week. That's that's on me. You know yeah. what? I'll take that one. That was the show note that. <laughs> Paul wrong. Like 10 seconds into the game. Yeah. Like almost immediately. <laughs> also should be noted that uh, once again, we're pacing around yeah, instead of uh, sitting. It's like prison in here. Fucking hell. <laughs> it's so weird that we have places to sit, yet we just are just like, no, we need a full stand-up comic to <laughs> pace around <laughs> anxiously holding a beer. Yeah. Yeah. So 5150, we're in this motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Stuff stuff is live. It's now. live. You can you can go to it if you check. If we, I checked my email this week, and we actually have an email. Uh, we have email from uh, you know new sign on from uh, Firefox for Linux, which is <laughs> new sign on for Firefox for Windows. So we're getting a lot of security related mails, are, are and we you, got a mail. Do you want to read them? <laughs> should we should we read them? We got a mail from uh, from iTunes saying like your podcast has been accepted. Uh, Finally, into the list of acceptable podcasts. I don't know what the deal is. I know it's actually reviewed by a real human, which is, I guess, how they make sure that you're not just saying this is also the serial podcast. Maybe <laughs> accidentally subscribe to this. Although we should have called our. I wish we called it. Yeah, we should have the called serial it podcast. Serial two, and they're like, oh man. Oh no 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 no, not serial series two. <laughs> yes. What about this guy that has? PTSD. Oh, I don't care. I super don't care about that. <laughs> yeah, wow, we're just shitting on stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Already. All right, so... Speaking of shitting on stuff. Yeah, let's talk about it. It's going to come as a surprise. This is this is definitely a wild card selection <laughs> out of the gate. Um, when we're not just shitting on Pantera and listening yeah. to Megadeth and Kiss... Being, and, in a, being in an important Seattle rock band. And Seattle rock band. <laughs> um, we, we really like a TV show by the name of The Great... British Bake Off. Yes. Or if you're in another country, I had to get it as a completely different title. Uh, in the US, it's called The Great British Baking Show, which yeah. is worse. <laughs> That's <laughs> not as good. It's Bake Off. What do they mean? We got to tell them that it's a TV show that they can watch. <laughs> How do we do that? Um, so we're a big fan of this show. I, I should say that I am a huge fan of any cooking related like reality show it is really my achilles heel if i'm in like a hotel and we have you know cable for the you know for the first time in months sure. and we like chopped is on mm. that's like four hours that we're just <laughs> gone it's just i just wrap it up we're just in there watching dudes try to cook with fucking you know like lunch meat and canned <laughs> haggis and whatever <laughs> fucking bullshit they throw at them i i love the the, the great british baking show slash bake off bake off slash whatever the bake off because everyone's cool and everyone's just like weirdly supportive of each other. Like, there's some like tempers flare every once in a while, but yeah, in the most British way possible, where it's just like, oh, that didn't work out very well. <laughs> or it's well, just like, Amanda did bake a better cake than I did after all. So yeah, or just like one guy's like has a little bit of arrogance, and someone else just sort of like raises one eyebrow. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, oh shit. The main good thing about that show is probably uh, Mel and Sue. Like, they really they the way they they. And Na who are they for people who have not watched uh, the show? They're, they're the charming couple that's... They're not, not, actually, they're not a couple, but they are they're a double act, or they were a double act in the 90s that doing, doing stand-up comedy and stuff like that. Or, you know what? May not, be, may not be stand-up comedy, but doing double act-related kind of kind of things on television. <laughs> Can you say double act some more? I'll say double act more. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they never really found their niche or then it never yeah. really kind of landed until they started hosting the the bake-off show and it was like oh no this is perfect this matches the kind of like because they're not like super fucking funny but they're like funny enough to hold down this show and, it, and yeah. like if the jokes are corny or cheesy it doesn't matter it's a show about baking it's fine it's you know <laughs> so it's there's two there's two hosts and then there's two judges yeah the judges are uh, Paul Hollywood yeah famous uh, famous fa baker fa famous fa baker from famous Liverpool Question mark? Um, you, know, you know, famous baker. Also, Paul Hollywood, his real name. Like, I, I looked at like, yeah, he's, he had the Hollywood family apparently is a thing in Liverpool. They go back generations, at least one or two generations. And, huh. and they have a, a, a bakery or, I don't know, <laughs> bake shop or something. I thought, I thought, I, I know. Just, I just figured that it there sounds was super really, fucking fake. Yeah, I just figured that the, the producers were like, hey. Hey, Johnny Rockets. Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it was like. What about Paul baking? Is that too on the nose? <laughs> Anyway, it's him and I forget. Mary the, Berry. Mary, another I know. fake sounding name. <laughs> Is that a real name? It's a real name. Okay. They just make people bake like Victorian cakes and shit. Yeah. And it's or, ridiculous. Or bread or 
bread. All sorts of things. Mostly, All the things you can bake. Cakes and bread. Yeah. It's limited. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mostly mostly that. Ma- macaroons uh, occasionally. Yeah. The, ca- the occasional cookie or I don't know. But it's a very pleasant show. Uh, it's, it is. It, it, you know, it's not going to stress you out to watch the show. It's 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 fine. No, the it's exact opposite. <laughs> it's going to fire you up to be like, maybe I could make that. P.S. You can't make no, that. No, it looks really hard. So we've all really liked this incredibly dumb show. Yes. And um, they made some changes recently, and they just announced it. So this is breaking news from, like, <laughs> this, this two break- weeks before we recorded <laughs> this. And this probably won't be posted for another two weeks. So, yeah, so you guys would be like, what? Of course, of course, the Great British Bake Off's new new yeah. team has been announced. In yeah, fact, it's no been changed. <laughs> We're just assuming that the 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 Venn diagram of people who like um, various metal bands, people who like comedy, and people who like the Great British Baking Show. Don't, yeah, I don't mean, it's not many people, but I'll, if it is, this is going to be your favorite podcast. This is yeah. Stay tuned. In autumn, we'll have more. But <laughs> so they announced they announced that uh, Mary Berry, as well as the two Mel and Sue. Gone. Gone. Not not in anymore. They're, they're moving the show to Channel 4 um, from the BBC. Mel and Sue didn't want to go, and apparently neither did Mary Berry. So, but, uh, Paul Hollywood Paul like, was like, I'll, 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 I'll keep go. cashing that check. Yeah. Keep getting them checks, Paul Hollywood. They announced the two new hosts and yeah. the new judge. So new judge is called Prue Leith. Uh, and I, I looked her up on, on uh, Wikipedia. She's, uh, she's born in South Africa, and unfortunately, she doesn't have a comedy South African accent, which I really wanted her to have. <laughs> like, that really pinched New zealand kind of like, <laughs> accent. I was really, really huh. wanted that. I think it needs to be, they need to be pretty buttoned up, yeah, accent-wise. It's, it's a pro- Well, I mean, Paul Hollywood's definitely <laughs> the exception. <laughs> Are they? Look at your fucking bread. That's exactly how he sounds. That's not how he sounds at all. <laughs> Um, do you know anything else? I, I have done no research on this. Anything else? Do you, have no. you ever heard of this person before? Uh, I know no, you're I, really I, big I into baking. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> so I hadn't hadn't heard of her before. Uh, looks like she's very very posh, very old. I think one of her either children or grandchildren wrote also, wrote speeches for David Cameron. So she's definitely like a right wing shitbag. <laughs> so <laughs> shots fired, Prue Leith, come at me. <laughs> Oh man, she's gonna bake you a death threat. <laughs> and she's gonna judge other people's baked death threats at me. Yeah, your first, your first mystery box challenge. Yeah, sort out this uppity motherfucker. That's t- and Paul Hollywood's gonna be like, "What kind of flour did you use?" I'm using spelt flour because I think it's better. He's- and he's just gonna stare at him with kind of an asshole face for a full twenty seconds and walk away, not saying a goddamn word. No. If anything, he is the most American, like reality show yeah, style he, dude. He's like leaned in. He's like our like, Simon Cowell in some ways. Except, still not that mean. No, he's he's still like, <laughs> basically reasonably nice. I think he's gotten meaner over the series. Because like when people suck at stuff, he's just like, bake wasn't very good. No. Like, could he use more fucking like uh, sugar? I don't know. Yeah, yeah whatever. Look, ba- baking look, powder, presumably. That's this is yeah, an important ingredient. Yeah. Uh, powder or soda? You don't know. We don't know the difference. <laughs> If you know the difference, hit us up at girl. I can make you feel okay at gmail.com. Let us know what the difference is and why you need to add both. You have to have both the big yeah, stuff. But baking wildly different ratios. Like, it's the same as magic. I'm pretty sure this is <laughs> yeah. why the Great British Bake Off and Harry yeah. Potter are set in the same country. Yeah, no shit. So as you're saying, there's new host. Yeah. And this is where it took a turn. Yeah. For me. So Let's start got- with the not controversial choice. So Sandy Toxpick. Yeah, uh, the the, the, the gal, gal from the she used to present the news quiz but back in the olden days. She used to present a, a kids show called Number Seventy Three, which I used to watch. She was very funny on that. She's very smart, very charming, very very quick, um, and very likable. Like she's very much like in the in the, in the Mel and Sue kind of thing. So oh, cool. a, a little bit more, maybe a little bit more arch. Like she, she presents QI right now. I don't know if you've seen QI. No, I haven't seen any Stephen of Fry. the things you just mentioned. Oh, God damn. <laughs> and she does. Uh, she used to be the uh, the presenter of the news quiz on on, uh, on Radio Four. Which was she a, on Bagpuss? She wasn't on Bagpuss. Now <laughs> she wasn't on Bagpuss or Finger Mouse. Finger Mouse is real. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> Finger Mouse is real. <laughs> But she's good. I think she's a solid choice for this. But um, oh, it would be it, you really want a I really want a double act if you're gonna replace Mel and Sue, or, or just her on her own. Here's where here's where yeah. it's dicey. I, I'm not a fan of this of this guy, but okay. let's let's see what happens. So this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're not judging yet, but this goddamn fucking piece of shit wanders in, starts fucking presenting the bake off. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, doing doing some not funny parody songs. <laughs> 
dressed as a weasel or a fucking <laughs> fox or something. I don't know. Yeah. Stupid uh, haircut. Fucking. Okay, so it's, it's the uh, Noel Fielding. Noel Fielding. Noel Fielding. From the Mighty Boosh. You would remember him probably most from the Mighty Boosh. Or the IT here. crowd. Because I, I know, he, I know oh, some of you Americans, he he's IT Richmond crowd? in the IT crowd. He's okay. the goth. He's actually quite oh, good in that role. Yeah, the Mighty Boosh is inexplicable. Its popularity is inexplicable. I I do not like it. The IT crowd is like a pretty traditional. Oh, it's, it's a sitcom. straight up sitcom. It's the, and it's I think a lot yeah. of the popularity is because it's written by Graham Linehan, who wrote Father Ted. Yeah, um, which is with also, Arthur Matthews, but he didn't write. Who didn't write this? Yeah. And Father Ted is I. I mean, we differ on this. I think it's wonderful, and it is. It's, it's, it's going to get a good lean me. on. Yeah, it's just a little too stock as a sitcom for me. That's my problem oh, is when I'm going to watch a sitcom, I want it to be either really weird or like, it's you know, fully, that's my first. It's um, fully traditional. Yeah, but The Mighty Boosh is just aggressively not funny I, to I, me. I tried to watch some of it today just to, to, to go, see. am I, am I, being, am I pre, prejudging this? Cause You're I'm, not prejudging. No, no, I'm not. I couldn't get through it. It's dreadful. So... Maybe left to his own devices, this dude will be just like quick on his feet, and we just didn't see his tremendous wit and I also comic saw chops. Him in in, uh, in um, the Big Fat Quiz of the Year, which is a UK thing, where the, <laughs> and yeah, of course he did. Um, <laughs> where, where at the end of the year they have these different people and they ask questions about the the year's news, and it's, it's on Channel Four for like three hours on a <laughs> yeah, it's a commitment. Um, yeah. and, and you watch that, you watch that? <laughs> well, I watch it with their ads, so it's like. It was 45 minutes or something. (laughs) And he's not good on that. He's too... Like, he's surreal... But that's it. It's not funny. Like it's not yeah. as surreal. That's that that cheapens surrealness. He's like he yeah. says random, and that cheapens the word random. He no, I don't he, think you can cheapen the word random. Random is like when you say random, that removes quality from the like equation, right? Because sure. you could say just random stuff, and it could be great, or you could say random stuff and it could be shitty. Either way, you still just said random like shit, right? Like so, random I think is appropriate. Having a having a like a pulling off a kind of genuinely surreal or really unexpected kind of left leaning kind of odd angled kind of sentence or joke structure is really really hard. Yeah, and it sounds easy. And it really fucking isn't. Yeah. Like, wrap up this whole conversation. Sure. We will watch the shit out of the show still. Yeah, it may, beca- not- it may become how we headline every episode going forward. Or when how it we end every episode. I, oh, I'm right, kind of yeah. for, uh, at a certain point, when the, the bacon show is on, you guys can weigh in on this. By all means, like you, um, we, see, we see you nine subscribers out there. Yeah. Some of you of which are robots. Ro- it's robots and me. But um, <laughs> you guys let us know. If you listen to this, and let us know. I'm in favor of once the the British Bacon Show start using the last segment as us uh, doing a very quick discussion about the that week's episode of the, absolutely the British Bacon Show. Alternatively, where we just make se- separate podcast, or, entirely separate podcast. So um, let us know what you guys think. Do you would, would you? Because we're gonna probably talk about. Oh it yeah! If you way. let us know, don't talk about the Great British Bake Off. That's not going to happen. That's yeah, we're <laughs> gonna talk about this show because we're gonna talk. We just, it's gonna happen. Do you want us to, A, just open up with a quick discussion before we get into our main topic, B, finish up our normal, the normal show that you've seen, and then, or heard, I guess, because it's not a visual podcast, but unless you drew pictures of us and are moving them as like a shadow play. Oh, and if situation. you do that, please, <laughs> please put it on YouTube so oh, we can link to it. But we get through the show at the end for people who want to stay for that last 15 minutes of us, like making fun of the British Bacon Show while secretly also loving it. You do that, or... Do you guys want us to to launch soft launch a brand new pod when that happens? Yeah, and maybe then opening it up for us to have our own kind of side short um, TV podcast. By, by shorter, a lot longer. This is <laughs> this is what we spend most of our time doing. Yeah, no shit. Um, so this also could be our media empire as well. Like we. Oh you yeah. Know, oh. Yeah. More than, more than one podcast that oh, means your shit. your empire like crooked media. Or... Here's the thing. I like that we're like now rolling out an empire. We literally just put the shit out to yeah. nine subscribers, <laughs> and the only emails we've gotten are from various robots and security personnel. <laughs> yes, so, so your, your podcast has been accepted. The, the fucking you know the world is our oyster at this point. Look, the only way is up. Like we we've, <laughs> we've only room to grow. We're not. We could actually lose subscribers. Those robots could kill themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They just might decide that they're done with humans after listening <laughs> to this. It's like, oh, if this is what they're doing with their talk, fuck it. Like, I'm going to put malware on myself. I don't even care at this point. <laughs> now we should probably move on yeah, to a quick word from our sponsor, and then we'll get into that main segment. 
There are many different kinds of nightmares. From arriving at work naked to being chased through the Mall of America by a wolf with the face of your last girlfriend's mother. It's no good trying to put these thoughts aside. Once they're suggested, you know they're going to be the plot of tonight's dream movie. If only there was another way. Enter Matroxy Hypersleep, the reclaimed mattress-like sleep surface that will put you out like a light, tonight, all night, all right. Matroxy Hypersleep takes its proprietary, closed-sourced, unreviewed algorithm and uses it to calculate the precise combination of pills and liquor to put you in a sweaty, dreamless semi-coma for at least 30 hours. This comes taped to the bottom of the mattress. It's just like being in a four-star hotel. Click over to www.matroxyhypersleep.ru today for a no-risk trial. We are legally obliged to point out the risks of taking unlabeled pills mailed to you from a Russian website. But we also feel obligated to point out all the fun you'll miss by being a rule-following Boy Scout. Use the code 5150 and we'll throw in a handful of assorted pills from our Ultra Slumber collection. Matroxy Hypersleep. Hey, if you get on this right now, you could miss Tuesday completely. All right, and we're back. We're so back. feature segment. <laughs> Why do we pause? We both for, for, know, ed- for editing. <laughs> no, we both know exactly what we're about to talk about. Yeah, yeah we're still like featured segment. Oh shit, what's it gonna be? <laughs> Ooh, we gotta make something up. We did not plan for this. That was two yep. podcasts ago where we did not plan for no. it. No. You know what? Y- you made something out of that. I think we turned out well. Here's the thing: none of these are overly planned. No. That one was much closer to the side of almost not having a concept. Yeah. And then, little, little by the seat of our pants on that one. <laughs> yeah. This uh, this one and most of them are like, we have a thing written down on a paper. Maybe yeah. some notes. We'll we just haven't... draw on our deep knowledge of <laughs> yeah. jokes about Pantera to, to get us through the next few uh, minutes. Yeah, but we got we to gotta start picking on other bands. So speaking of picking on other bands, today's feature segment. Yeah, band versus band. This is about band feuds. Hip-hop has a sterling tradition of just beefs and feuds. In fact, there's like there's a whole series of documentaries called Beef that's just like running down funny-ass diss tracks and feuds between people. And we could cover those, and we probably should cover those at some point because there's some really funny stuff in there. Oh, but I, we're I gonna need to like, educate myself on that. Yeah, that's, but that's we're going to... my area. We're going to like stick, you know, with the standard kind of purview of the last, you know, how we've been running this with like talking about metal and rock bands and baking things like that baking (laughs) (laughs) rug maintenance all those things and we're going to uh talk about some bands that got into kind of funny feuds or beefs yeah so we made a we made a short list so um the big thing that um i'm not even sure this is actually a beef but it was certainly a a point of friction in in 1992 yeah this is a big one so guns N' roses and metallica co-headlined the tour yeah imagine that imagine that now I, it would be the same. It would be exactly the same. It, one, it would be exactly the same. Although, I think it, like, it, that's kind of a weird pairing if you think about it. I well, guess the crossover between them at that point. Yeah, I mean, Metallica had really, uh, I wouldn't say, I'm going to say stop being a thrash band, but they were touring the Black Album, which but, is way more of a traditional Bob Rock produced awesome fucking rock record. Yeah, um, yeah. Th- at this point, presumably, like, as uh, in terms of uh, Grammys, they, would be, they moved from the metal category into the rock category. To the hard rock category. Giving Megadeth a chance to get that Grammy. I'd pull 15 years later. <laughs> um, Dave, uh, we're moving out of the way. What, what do you want from us? Yeah. I don't know what to tell you, buddy. He's like, maybe we'll play rock music too. It's like, no, do not do that. <laughs> well, it's just, it's funny because, I mean, we've talked about, um, we talked about two episodes ago, Thrash possibly being the funniest genre of music. And one of the things we brought out is that uh, Metallica probably doesn't view itself as a, as a funny band. And that while there is definitely... A lot of like, yeah, this little spinal tap going on, unintentionally spinal tapping it up a little yeah. bit. Um, Guns and Roses live at that point, multiple costume changes for Axl Rose. Yeah, I think at one point he would like have someone come out dressed as a pizza delivery guy off a pizza, and he would knock the pizza into the crowd. Like he would, it's like it's a whole See, other. Now level. he would eat the pizza. Now, now he would just like like he was fucking bobbing for apples, just put his face <laughs> in it. Um, so this is, it's just, it seems like the, the goals of the two bands, yes. or at least part the creative drive of the two bands, is like demonstratively different even at that point. Like, I, I would say so. Even though Metallica has crossed uh, away from being thrashing more into rock, they still seem like um, regular dudes that you might actually meet. And uh, Guns N' Roses were very much trying to be utter amazing rock stars, like Rolling Stones, kind of like untouchable. Yeah. 
um, deities rather than regular dudes. Also, Hetfield has never, during the course of a song, been like, who wants some reggae? <laughs> and, uh, and now, I, <laughs> Lars Ulrich may have been may have said that. <laughs> said, if anyone in the band is gonna is gonna ask if you want some reggae, it's gonna be Lars. You'd be like, who wants some Saxon? And it's like nobody wants. Nobody some wants Saxon. some Saxon. So we'll get there eventually, guys. We'll get there eventually. Yeah, you'll, and by you'll that enjoy I mean this. the end of the story. So Guns N' Roses and Metallica—they're touring around, coexisting somewhat. They're both playing long ass sets. Yeah, it seems like it's it's so an okay thing. Tens of thousands of people. Yeah, st- stadium stadium level. Yeah. So also sold out almost almost every. Si- I looked at this up on Wikipedia. I don't know this. Yeah. Almost every single one of those uh, shows sold out, or was at like ninety plus capacity. So it's it's wow, well done. You're well, really shifting is, tickets. That is peak Guns N' Roses. Yeah. And arguably peak Metallica because the Black Album outsells like new albums. Still. Yeah, it should. <laughs> <laughs> Their new albums are not good. The Black Album is really good, even but, though it has but, a Wolf of Man on it. <laughs> but I'm not talking about like Metallica albums. I'm talking about like albums, like uh, like <laughs> other people's albums. Like I was looking up some of the like the best-selling metal albums last year. And there was like four old Metallica albums that were very high on that list. So people were like, "What do you, what do you got? Nope, kill them all again." <laughs> so they were they were touring together, and you know <laughs> everything was fine. Everything was going really, really well. So they get to do you remember Montreal? Montreal. So they get to Montreal, and uh, Metallica had to have played first for this story to work. Yes, so they were yes. playing first. And, and they played. Uh, they played not very many songs, right? No, it was it was when they were playing Fade to Black, which is early on in the set. So, so they're playing uh, Fade to Black. So I guess they would have. They wouldn't have opened with Sandman because they used to close with that. So, so anyway, anyway, so they come out. They play a couple of songs. Assumingly, the crowd the crowd is fucking into it. Hetfield, for whatever reason, is in the wrong place at the wrong time on the, uh, during the stage. So yeah. they had pyro set up all over the stage. So and they've been doing crazy. this for five or six years at this point. Like yeah. they've been playing stadium stadia for yeah. forever. Yeah. Like they, yeah. they know what they're doing. They so, know how to handle a big stage. So they know how. To, yeah, they're running around. They're doing all that. But they would know, like, okay, in this point in the song, I can't run to this section of the stage. Yeah. I can't be over here because I'm over here. Like there's literally explosives. There's literally yeah. There's literally stuff that like melt metal. And do you see where the story's going? Yeah, we see. <laughs> I'm telegraphing this. So, but so he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Some pyro came like went off literally right under him, and yeah. he turned his head at the last minute, which probably saved his face. But uh, it burned his hand real bad, and like to the bone. Yeah, like it like fucked him up and that's it that's a wrap for metallica because they're like rushing him backstage and then he's going to a fucking hospital where they're like cutting off his rings and trying to make sure that he his arm is cool so here here's a situation where you know the crowd may or may not know what's going on but they know that metallica had to wrap it the fuck up yeah and like they, get they've just the seen they've just seen i think body count or faith no more yeah and they're like oh, well that wasn't fun <laughs> like that's <laughs> not what we paid i don't know sixty dollars in 1992 yeah. or whatever it was yeah so, oh man, well, at least we have Guns N' Roses to look yeah. forward to. As long like Guns, maybe Guns N' Roses will pay, play a little longer. They are probably going to play for two hours, yeah, but I maybe mean, they could do like three hours and play some fucking material. I mean, they got a lot of songs. They <laughs> have they, a lot of long songs. And the way that I heard the story is that Guns N' Roses did not come out immediately. Like, you'd think they would if they were like, oh man, these people out there are just going to like be kind of mad and probably, we should probably like move, wrap this up, move up. Yeah, play earlier. They did not do that. No, th- they waited until I think after their like whatever their set time was supposed to be. They went even later than that. It was a good couple of hours. So there you go, a couple of hours, a couple of hours where if you're that audience, the audience there, you were like, oh, I want really want to be- see Metallica. They played like a handful of songs and then they got partway through Fade to Black and then stopped. And, and, and stopped. I don't know what's going on because Twitter hasn't been invented yet. Yeah, and then. Now I'm just in this fucking arena, just yeah. drinking, just drinking and, Molson, and waiting, talking for, about uh, hockey in a French accent. I don't know. Yeah, what it, goes it, on. Just in waiting for fucking Guns and Roses to come out, and they're just steady, not coming out. No. Then they do come out. They finally come out. Yeah. And this is it. This is it. if you're like a Guns yeah. and, you're probably a Guns and Roses fan at that point. You're like finally here Guns comes and Roses. Mr. Brownstone or whatever yeah. it is they're with Night Train. Or oh something. man, Rocket Queen. This is we're gonna see all the hits. Yeah. I don't know if Rocket Queen was a hit, but you get where I'm going with that. <laughs> Um, and what did, what did they do, Stephen? Uh, they played, I think, three songs. Yes. Uh, and then I'm not sure exactly what the incident was, 
but Axel was like, fuck this, and left. Now, there was, on the same tour, there were, and it might have, I don't think this was the incident, but uh, someone threw a Zippo lighter at him and it hit him in the balls, and he was like, oh, and, and went away. He's like, I don't, oh, think man. It, I don't think it was that night. I think it might have been a different night. Um, Wait, was it when he was wearing the, the catcher's armor, or was it when he was wearing the fucking kilt? I think he was wearing it. You know, That's the least the, protective that the you The Rose be. Clan from, from Scotland. Yeah. Yeah, I can see why he would be upset then. If it was when he was wearing the catcher's armor, then it would be like, nice try, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> this is impenetrable. This is like this is what King Arthur wore. Like, but... <laughs> when, when he played baseball. So uh, he just peaced out. Yeah, and after, then after, after I want to say three songs. So, yeah. So now you got like the, these these Canadians. Who have been drinking. Not, not a happy night. bunch. Yeah, all night, paid a bunch of money, expected to see a fucking good rock show. And yeah, so, so faith no more. The, the, the Canadian fans yeah, anger. rioted. 2,000 of them rioted. There was, I don't know, 80,000 of them there. 2,000 of them were like, 80,000? No, yeah, it's a stadium. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, I want to say 80,000. Definitely more than more than 10,000, less than 100 million. So <laughs> yeah, sounds right. It wasn't, Checks out. It wasn't the entire all of Canada. Um, rioted, cops called. Um, dozens of arrests, uh, you know, b- a bad scene, you know, n- yeah. not what you want out, out of a rock and roll show. My research for this was, was watching uh, Metallica behind the music, the VH1 special <laughs> in like 1990. I, I couldn't find that on YouTube. They've been they've uh, I, removed it. Uh, I, I'll get you can still get the Megadeth one. <laughs> yeah, the Megadeth one. Is, <laughs> oh, I know. By the way, watch the Megadeth one. <laughs> Uh, Metallica is still salty about that. Yeah, I would imagine they would be. Like pretty, that. I mean, because Metallica has that, despite their incredibly high ticket prices and stuff, they do seem to have that like we gotta take care of the fans. Yeah, attitude. Uh, yeah, in a way, like like ACDC and shit, where they were like, you know, I think they were probably pretty bummed out that like the show was such a bad experience for people that they had the fucking riot. Like, I don't think they were like pleased. That no, that, no, I, I think Guns N' Roses might have, t- or certainly. Axl Rose, but I think might have taken it as like kind of look look how fucking amazing we are. Look at what we've caused. Whereas I think yeah. Metallica would be much more or more rightly like, oh man, if that was if I was going to the stadium to see Diamond Head, yes, <laughs> <laughs> Diamond Head would not be on. The- you know, when we got to the Enormous Dome to see Budgie, <laughs> yeah, it was Budgie and Diamond Head. They both cut it early. I would be mad too. I was like, I wasted my money. It's like you you did waste your money. <laughs> Shots fired, budgie. <laughs> I don't care if you are a God. bread fan. Also, who's not a fan of bread? I get <laughs> people who don't like gluten. Um, we start so many fights on this podcast. It's mostly fights. Mary Berry and fucking budgie coming at us right now. Wouldn't it be funny if you found out that Mary Berry was like a roadie for budgie <laughs> back in the day? Said, her, that's why, that's why they're bread fans. Mary Berry was just baking them fucking fat loaves. Like, this yeah. shit was delicious. So I don't know if there was actual... Um, like a fight between Guns N' Roses and Metallica. I mean, they, they finished the tour together. Yeah. That's what's crazy to me, because how do you... Like, do you think they talked about it? I don't know. I mean, Metallica don't talk to each other about things, as, as we'll hide- get into when we do the fucking um, Some Kind of Monster podcast. We'll, we'll get there. Like, <laughs> Let's it, just trail that every single fucking time. Yeah, no, it'll be worth it, guys. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah, so, so I don't know if that actually counts as a, as a beef, but there was certainly a... That, you'd imagine tension between those two bands after that. Yeah, I wish it was more of a beef. I'm going to be honest with you. I wish it had become a thing. Like, I'm not saying one of them had to drop off the tour, but if... It would be cooler if one of them did and then they had to be replaced with... Let's say Megadeth. Yeah, Metallica dropped <laughs> off. No, no, Guns N' Roses dropped off, replaced by Megadeth. <laughs> Why would they drop off? We were at fault. but No, we... just forcing them to play together. <laughs> it's stadium. Yeah. Okay, so there goes Metallica, and on come like a much less successful band that none of you guys want to see. When did, uh, when did fucking Countdown to Extinction come oh, out? Oh, slightly, be- around this time, but slightly before. So they'll be, they'll be playing all that rustic. They'll be playing Dawn Patrol. They'll be playing the live version of Dawn Patrol. <laughs> Oh man! Show note that. Yeah, no, no. Did you watch that? Yes, I did. I watched the live version. Oh my god! I, I commented in the show. We'll go over the show notes. That was this not. Morning. That was not oh, fake. At hustle. least they that don't was... play this live. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Nervous system jerks. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh. Holy shit. And so this and that's not a just dude. the live version. Like, the, the studio <laughs> version of that, that's like, wait, do another take. 
Got it. Perfect. Well, no, we have all the time in the world. No, no, that's the one. Wait, I, yeah. I, th- I got an idea of a mole impression. I'm going to put that. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel like he had that. And they're like, do you want me to drop whatever you're doing at the end? No. Pump that up in the mix. <laughs> also, you did not mention the voice that he does when you talked about I totally forgot. It. it is eclipsed by the mole impression, to be fair. But yeah, his voice is ridiculous. Does, I mean, his voice is always ridiculous. But the fact that he was like, I'm going to do this like I'm a host of like a regional horror movie <laughs> show where I just like come out dressed as a vampire and announce the alligator people or whatever. Right. Like he's like putting on this ridiculous voice. They're yeah. talking about some fucking nonsense and then do a goddamn mole impression. <laughs> How much cocaine was in that studio? Yeah, this is before they cleaned up and it was, oh man. Rest in Peace is a good record. Yeah, but you got to have that as a B-side. You got to be like when uh, King Diamond put out them and he had the this, this skit about his dead grandmother calling him. <laughs> If that's on a. That's not on the album. That okay. is that is the B that's side. Probably the best way of doing it. If you're gonna time like for have... tea or some shit, I'll ch- I'll look at it later. But that's one where he full Scooby Doo's it with uh, <laughs> but Grandma. You dead? Like it's like oh, it's the best. She's calling him King Diamond. She goes King. Like King is his first name. Like he's from like you know Mister Mrs. Diamond and you know yeah, I love the idea that his name is King Diamond and that people who are familiar call him by his christian name yeah king king (laughs) King diamond yeah i guess guns and roses metallica never really fully coalesced into a into a full beef beef but it's a good story i think but megadeth and metallica have a full one-sided beef and what i I mean by that is dave mustaine original lead guitar player yeah for metallica got kicked out in the most cold-blooded way you could get kicked out of a van i don't actually know how he got kicked out despite you, wait do you know for real I don't, okay. I don't i know they have writing he has writing credits on a bunch of metallica's on going up to all the way into ride the lightning yeah because so. they, they yeah because they had all those songs so this is an incredible story so they get you know i think he was with them when they were in la and they all moved to san francisco and they like got their thing and tape traded and all that um, Megaforce Records was like, you want you to come to New York to record an, an album that we'll put out. So that was going to be Kill Em All. Okay. Um, so they go all the way to New York. Now, the whole time they're thinking, we really want to make a change. Like, fucking Dave is just, he's drunk and belligerent, and we just don't want him in the band anymore. We've already talked to Kurt Hammett, and he's already oh, going to wow. meet us there. And and so, but they but they went all the way to New York with Dave, and then woke him up one morning with a Greyhound ticket back, being like, "You're out of the band," and just put his ass on a bus. Oh, so because I've read this uh, this stuff about um, Dave Mustaine, where he says all the time I was I was on that Greyhound bus driving back, and I was like, "This is an exaggeration. This is metaphor. This is like he didn't he wasn't literally put on a bus and had to drive back." You're saying he was literally put I, on a bus. I'm Jesus fuck that those I, dudes I don't think drove his that. ass to the Greyhound station. So. Mustaine goes back. Obviously, he's salty. Like, look, Mustaine. <laughs> Mustaine's a very underrated guitar player. <laughs> I don't think it was. His, it wasn't his. It, it was never his guitar playing. No. It was that he <laughs> like would get drunk and get like. I mean, all those guys were drunk, but he seemed, he seemed like, like a shitty drunk. To be he honest, he seemed like an angry. Like you, you see, like I mean, you, you could cherry pick these, but you see like interviews where he's clearly shit faced and he's all like. There's one on actually, Spotify. Uh, the, the, it's like. Just type in Megadeth into Spotify, and the one that on, the, the only album that they have that doesn't have a Megadeth logo on the front, and it has like a kind of really hinky kind of metal Megadeth, like as if you've sure. drawn it yourself. That's actually an interview tape, and it's from uh, Still Drinking. So uh, I think they just recorded. Uh, it was before Rust in Peace. It was the, so it was a, right. It was not not Killing Us. That's the first one, isn't it? It doesn't matter. It's P- it's Peace Cells. It's after Peace Cells. The one after that. Is it Killing Us by Business? The greatest thing that you could do in podcasting is just really stop to think about it. Yeah, the sound of two I, I, men thinking is the best sound in the world. Um, no, it's like, so so far so good. So, so what? Much. Dot, there. dot, dot, exclamation point. Uh, there we go. We got it. Yeah, so, so it was it was around that. And he's he's he has a kind of weirdly European accent. Like He doesn't, he, he doesn't sound like the, the voice that we do is more about how his personality sounds. Yeah, and, and also how, how he sounds in, in uh, Sweating Bullets. <laughs> well, yeah, well, there's kind of the way he sings, which we just equate to that, and it's also like, it just, 
seems right. It seems right when you like... Yeah, if someone did an impression of him and it sounded like that, you'd be like, yeah, he's nailing it. That's that's what Dave yeah. Mustaine is. That's that's his whole personality yeah. right there. So you he was on that interview and did he seem like a... Yeah, he's he very um, up himself and I think definitely still drinking and on drugs. I don't know if he's drinking and on drugs in that interview, but it, like, right. he's not fully in control and not like yeah. the, the kickboxing moron that he is now. And, <laughs> uh, also, yeah. yeah Skydiving with Ricky Rackman. <laughs> um, okay, so Dave goes back, comes back. He fucking creates Megadeth with dudes. Sure. We're not going to get into how that, like we're yada yada that part, but he's got a band and his mission is to like be bigger than Metallica. Yeah. Like I, you know, I, I'm sure he even stated that if it's not stated, it's, that's that's what it was. It's heavily implied. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, you can stack up every record they've done against against Metallica's equivalent. That they, they they never really never really get there. Rust in Peace is better than uh, and Justice for All. That's it. That's yeah, the, that's the only place where they where I would say that they beat them. But it's funny how much of a one sided feud that is. Like, yeah, we're gonna talk I don't about think Metallica, Metallica does even does aware of, of Megadeth. <laughs> no, they clearly aren't aware because. I don't want to go too far into this because eventually we're going to have a whole podcast about it, but there's a whole Dave Mustaine tearful soliloquy during <laughs> some kind of monster where he breaks down how, like, everything you did was, like, golden and everything I did turned to shit. Aww. And he's just like, and you see, like, the looks on the other guy's faces, like... We, did, we, we don't even listen to your records. <laughs> yeah, legitimately never even thought to think about what you were doing, like, at any point, like... You're not our competition. In the, cause, in, the, in the same way that, like, New York doesn't think about Chicago. <laughs> Like, after the Black Album, just asking, what metal band was their competition? No. Uh, like Nobody. ACDC is the only one that's kind of shifting the same kind of units and, and Guns N' Roses. But again, not, they're not really playing in exactly the same yeah. field. Like, it's, it's, it's similar, but not Yeah. When not you sell, close. like, I mean, now we're up to, like, twenty over 20 million albums sold of that, just that album. Yeah. Like, they're not sweating, like... Hey, look up what fucking dystopia did. So no. Make sure that I just want to see how it pans out. They're just like, whatever, man. Like, we're gonna go to our palatial fucking compound where we pick out one of our like thousands of guitars <laughs> to uh, try to come up with some riffs while people record it. Like, you know, it's like they they could not care less. Right? No, no. I put some stats into our into our, our thing here. Yeah, uh, Metallica had uh, eight Grammy wins. Mm-hmm. And, uh, ten, uh, and and additionally, 10 nominations that they, they didn't win. Uh, Megadeth had um, 12, uh, 12 um, sorry, 11 nominations in total and one win yeah. this year. So, Also, um, it's not on here, but I know for a fact that Metallica and Megadeth were head-to-head twice oh, that's in the hurt. 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah. 19, I think 1991 and 1992, Metallica took both of those. I, I guess what I, I was going to ask is, you're talking about stacking up. Metallica. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. Megadeth, the... close albums. Yeah. So at a certain point during the load area. Oh, Euthanasia like... must be better than Load and Reload. I don't know. I love that. I think it was Blabbermouth Review or whatever, where it's like uh, did, did they reappraise tre- Euthanasia? Yeah, it was like no, it was like it was a review of it where it's just like Megadeth treads water. With oh, I saw that. Like, yeah. Sounds sounds about right. Like I think that. Yeah, but. Treading water would be better than making two really, really long, really bad albums. Like, look, it's it's like they were doing it deliberately. Look, I've uh, this wasn't negligence. <laughs> I've I've <laughs> I've cut it out of other podcasts, so I'll just keep putting it in there until eventually <laughs> gets published. There's, I don't know that there's ever been a double album, like not live, that aren't live or best ofs that are worth it. Yeah. And so these like albums that are 80 minutes long or when they split up, when they like record so much that they put out two independent CDs worth of shit. That's not good. I use your illusion uh, one and two or fucking um, in this case, load and reload, where it's like, oh, we recorded a shit ton of songs and we don't want to just like toss all of them in the scrap. Heap. Yeah. <laughs> or edit them down to be like one. OK, a listable album. The last Maiden record was very, very good. And that's uh, the Book of Souls, and it is a double album. Okay, I liked it. It does have tears of a clown on it, which isn't good, <laughs> but um, but it has some great songs on it as well. So is that a cover? Because there's like a famous soul song called Tears of a Clown, I, but by uh, Smoking Robinson and the yeah. Miracles. Yeah, it's not a cover. No, it's about Robin Williams. Oh, I don't what? like it. I don't like it <laughs> when they do current current things. <laughs> I am a huge Iron Maiden fan, but when they start talking about current. They're like, remember Burbis's downfire. He must have been sad, even though 
you know, even though he was a comedian. Imagine that. That's the take. God damn it, Iron Maiden. I love you so much. Please, you know please get it together. This is a great, this is a great segue. Iron Maiden played Ozfest. I'm assuming yes. that's what we're going to get to. Yeah, let's, let's do this, this one. No, this is a little crit. You want to talk about cryptic writings. Uh, <laughs> so they played, they played Ozfest. In 2005. I remember this when this oh, happened. Oh, good, good. I totally remember. So, so to they were like kind of co-headlining that, right? I or, think they were. Because Ozzy's always the headliner. Right, but I don't know if it's always the headliner because I think they had a while where Slipknot were were legitimately headlining. It was still called Ozfest. I could yeah. be wrong about this, right. but anyway, anyway but yeah, in two thousand five, Ozzy was still around and in uh, a premier spot. Yes, they. they I mean, you, they're not fucking open for anyone. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Um, That's why I'm saying they had to be the co-headliner or yeah, one of. They the, were a big deal on yeah, the tour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is also two thousand five. This is when the the Osbournes. Uh, uh, like Ozzy's other life, uh, uh, his yeah. uh, started to come out on on reality television, and, and uh, I people watched, that like I watched metal, the first season of that. People that like metal were very sad about this. <laughs> like it, it was tough to watch because you're yeah. watching a dude where you're like, oh man, it's the Blizzard of Oz and shit. You watch a guy, and some of this is in decline to the metal years, but you oh, realize yeah. that he's so ravaged by time and drugs, yeah, that he just couldn't like navigate normal things like and this is 15 15 plus years after yeah, not drinking yeah. anymore he's just just, he's just shaky and weird yeah. and he's like seemed at least the editing of that show made it seem like he was so dependent on and you don't know how much is the stage obviously sure but, yeah but it, the way they portrayed ozzy was like he was this dude who like needed sharon osborne to do everything because you would see him try to be like i'm gonna take out the garbage and it would be this like 15 minute like <laughs> fucking like just Charlie Chaplin-esque oh. silent comedy of him not being able to like get a garbage bag out of the garbage can and it would be I, like I don't want to dwell too much on the on the side <laughs> of uh, this it's t- it's too sad but equally uh, Bruce Dickinson I think feels kind of the same way about yeah, it because he was sure. majorly slagging off um not Aussie specifically maybe a little but um Sp- I could see like him the also. reality TV side of things, he was getting yeah. very upset about this because it's kind of fake bullshit, and it's like yeah. not really what metal's about, and it's it's kind of no. If you're doing this for a living, it's a bit shitty that this is what this is how it's being represented to, to yeah. lots of people. And he also made some some comments like, um, you know, I don't need a fucking um, prompter for <laughs> for my lyrics on stage. You know what though? That is that is true. Yeah. If you like, if you don't know the words to Iron Man at this point, <laughs> just wrap it the fuck up, like. <laughs> The fact that he's like, man, I just don't know war pigs. There's a lot of words. It's like integrate magnetic, that, like, magnetic uh, field, field, integrate magnetic field. Got it. <laughs> like, man, you. It's like at that point he had been playing those songs for forty years. You should not have a fucking issue remembering like Sabbath lyrics and not like deep cuts. I'm talking about like no, they, they were only playing those like twenty five good Sabbath songs. <laughs> yeah, and. Like, even at the height of, like, some r- fucking Randy Rhodes or, like, whatever, like, Zach Wilde, like, yeah. Ozzy sets. You know those songs were in there. Yeah. They weren't not playing Iron Man or War Pigs. You know those were those were in you the know, sets. Every time were... he goes on, he plays Iron Man. And every yeah. time he goes on, he plays War Pigs. They're, they're like... Which is... That's oh, and, he's, and he should. They're really good songs. Yeah, I'm not saying don't. It's like that is... You were in a giant band that is known for that. It would It would be weird if you didn't. Although, to be fair... I don't know if Van Halen was like, now we got to play fucking uh, heavy metal and uh, I can't drive 55 because Hagar is really known I, for this. <laughs> we, you're really comparing like a, a very important <laughs> band with Van Halen. So I don't know what you're talking about. Look, Van Halen's one of the most important bands. <laughs> um, we'll, come anyway. back. we'll come back when we do interband fights. We'll definitely get onto that. <laughs> oh, oh shit. Or when we cover super groups that are terrible. <laughs> Chicken foot. Chicken foot. <laughs> Uh, so um the maiden may, may have made these comments uh on stage and in the press and yeah. it's maybe not the coolest thing in the world to do but i'm not i'm taking maiden side on this They're i am 100 percent right. taking this and also it's the spirit of wrestling ozzy if you if you don't like them like talking shit you guess th- guess what your platform is ozfest also <laughs> If you if you want to pull on some threads of iron maiden there's a lot of ridiculous oh like, yeah. yeah it's like you can have whoever writes writes the uh the reality show writes some fucking iron main jokes and throw them up on the teleprompter surely there's got to be a joke about the loneliness of the long distance runner <laughs> if, even if not just being a terrible title for a song <laughs> the appropriate thing yeah if we're gonna if we're gonna get to like what the appropriate rebuttal to that would be is like oh they slagged me off and that was kind of shitty let me just like talk some shit back and yeah. we'll just make this a thing so, this will be great up. we'll 
Well, People will come see Us Fest. Yeah, 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 it's like, oh man, what's going to happen next? I got to no. go see him. What happened next was uh, one night in, uh, I can't remember, I think, was, I think it was New Jersey. We'll look it up. Um, power <laughs> Later, kept, not now. Power kept going out during the set, uh, which obviously wasn't cool. You kind of need that if you're a, a metal band singing and uh, playing electric guitars and stuff. You need electricity to make that happen. Uh, so the power kept going out during the set. Oddly not to the vocal mics, Bruce Dickinson was still able to yell at the crowd during this, and he yelled many, many offensive things specifically about Sharon Osbourne. I think he got wind of exactly what, what was going on. And yeah. the crowd was also throwing eggs at them, some members of the crowd, some members of the backstage crew or something yeah, like that. There, the, was, some, the there way, was some oddness around this. It was The way I remember this happening at the time was that there was a little more to it being like, oh, I think Sharon told them that or asked them to like cut the set short or something, and they were like, "No," nah. and then they were playing, and then at a certain point, the power kept cutting off, and yeah. that Sharon was like st- on one of the stage, like to the stage right or left, <laughs> holding or a switch, and it had like Vince Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I think give my creation death. <laughs> but yeah, and I, I think it was much more. There was like a lot more like evidence that it was sort of like the stage crew being shitty about right. like Iron Maiden playing, and Iron Maiden to their credit being like, "Well, we could just like take our ball and go home, but e- we're just gonna stay up here and keep playing." It also <laughs> it kind of looked like the crowd wanted them to keep playing. I mean, yeah. I'm yeah. biased. I'd want Iron Maiden to keep playing. No, because they. <laughs> no, I'm sure. Even I'm when sure they start sis- B sides, I'd be I'm like, sure keep System going. of a Down was next, and people were really <laughs> fucking pumped. I've never been to an Ozfest. <laughs> did anything happen after that? Did you read? I mean, other than was that the last time they were on? Uh, did they drop off of Ozfest, or was so. that already I mean, I the think, last? I think that might have been the last last night, and they never and, played Ozfest again. And that I don't see, think he played with Sabbath ever again. Yeah, and I think that's. I think that was one of the things going into it too, which is like it was fraught with tension. And then the last night, they mysteriously were getting pelted with eggs and yeah. having their power cut. Out, the power cut out during their set, where you're kind of like, and they're like. We haven't been like pelted with eggs since the Ever? early eighties. <laughs> like, I mean, showing up at punk rock clubs and playing like, yeah, running free in front of an appreciative audience. <laughs> like, also, where do you where do you even get if you're at an amphitheater or stadium? Where well, the well, fuck are the, you? The farmers market. Yeah, like, <laughs> where the fuck were you getting eggs? It's like, weird that the merch stand had just farm fresh out. eggs just <laughs> next to the t-shirts. Unrefrigerated European style farm fresh eggs, like. <laughs> Um, that's just weird. This is the weird situation. Like, I know in, like, in cartoons, people always just have fresh fruit or have, like, rotting fruit. Yeah. Or yeah. or rotting vegetables. Like, they'll throw, like, a head of lettuce at a performer. Yeah, that's a Have you ever been, like, I'm going to go see this show. <laughs> I'm going to bring some fruit. In case, <laughs> I I don't, pear, case I don't like it. <laughs> I have this, this pear that's kind of mold. I'm slipping into my pocket just in case things go sideways just throw this fucking pair at him this is weird that's just the weird situation yeah. to be in i don't and as an occasional performer i'm really glad that that isn't how we know ha- it's handled these days so that, that definitely counts as a that that's, not, a, le- a, I think that's a legit a, that's a legit feud yeah i don't like. think it's been resolved that's what i like i like resentment i like when <laughs> eventually someone's gonna die and then someone else is gonna be like yeah i won <laughs> Um, so I can see that, yeah, this is, we're running a little long, yeah. so we'll, we'll, um, um, we should take word from our sponsor. Yeah, let's, let's do that. And then, uh, move on up. to our last segment. It's the end of the day and you've had a bad one. Your boss yelled at you because you screwed up the presentation in front of your senior partners. We're assuming that you work at a law firm and you're Ally McBeal. We don't have real jobs. After having to stand up during the whole bus ride home, thanks to man spreaders, you collapse onto your couch, starving and grouchy. So now it's time to start cooking. Let's chop some vegetables and heat up some meat. I don't think so. After a day like today, you deserve a treat. How do ice-cold, fist-sized strawberries dipped in white chocolate sound? Pretty good, right? So head over to sherrysberries.com, choose from packs of 5, 8, or 13 berries, and make it a dinner to remember. It'll be the time you ate two and a half pounds of chocolate and strawberries. Use the promo code 5150, a podcast where we mostly just talk about Kiss and Megadeth over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And we'll throw in a handful of blueberries covered in malted milk. Cherry's Berries. It's what's for dinner. Apparently. That was my best live read to date. 
<laughs> you won't know this because I always edit the shit out of them. But a little inside baseball. That was good. I, I do many takes. But, but you read that beforehand? You, yeah, you know? but I really, I tried. I'm an actor now. Yeah. So oh, I did, yeah, we got those cards. We so I was like, <laughs> I really pulled it together to lion face, lemon face. I visualized what it would be like to eat cherries, berries. Because full disclosure, yeah. I don't use them. No, me neither. You know, you know why I don't? Allergic strawberries. <laughs> there you go. True, you guys yeah. are learning stuff about me. Also, not a big fan of white chocolate, I imagine. <laughs> I'm okay with white chocolate. Oh, okay. If I could get a fist-sized chunk of white chocolate <laughs> with, I guess, some blueberries coated on top of it, I'd eat that. But no, I, Malted milk, that's the... Or malt... I don't know what malted milk is, but I'm assuming it's going to be awesome. Is that like a Malteser? Is that I assume... Malt- yeah. So, um... Yeah, let's do recommendations. And yeah, we'll do recommendations, going. and then I'm going... Uh, and then I will retire to my Modroxy Hypersleep mattress to get another 72 hours <laughs> of uninterrupted nightmare fuel sleep. Um... All right, so uh, thanks for like. We're gonna be. I'm gonna go back to to vinyl land, and instead of doing metal, I'm gonna uh, talk about one of my favorite punk rock bands, and that is Dillinger Four. And I'm gonna uh, pick out their seven inch, actual seven inch, not an odd size, wow. which is pretty good. It's uh, on the Mutant Pop label, and it's called More Songs About Girlfriends and Bubblegum. And the B side of the seven inch, which is Thanks for Nothing and uh, Twin City Centers United is perhaps one of my favorite one-two punches in pop punk. Really? Like, it's, it's that good. Songs, it's, and it's, a, fucking it's a double soaked. B-side. Well, yeah, so it's it's four songs total, and there's like two A-side, which is like Patty singing. He's got the gruffer voice. And then the B-side is with Eric, who's got the higher voice. It's okay. two of his songs. And those two songs are really good. Side note, Thanks for Nothing. They actually wrote a song called Thanks for Nothing Part 2, The Revenge, which is on their split with uh, Pinhead Gunpowder. Uh, and that's also really, really good. <laughs> but I'm not recommending that, although that's really good. You should get that, so I guess I am recommending that. But I would say, for right now, get uh, more songs about Girlfriends and Bubblegum by Dillinger 4. Uh, probably completely out of print, but you can find it online. Shit is dope. What do you got? I got... Uh, I was looking through the the, the YouTube, uh, and I found uh, old videos of uh, one of my favorite comedians, Johnny Vegas. Um, real name. Real name Michael Pennington, not not real name Johnny Vegas. Oh, but he's not he's not a Paul Hollywood type situation. No, no, he's he's <laughs> genius stand up from from my town. Uh, he put out a DVD a few years ago called "Who's Ready for Ice Cream," and it's really worth your time. You should watch this. It's very very funny. The first first half of it's like uh, a movie, but very strange, slow moving, improvised, s- sort of badly acted, and then the last half of it is him doing stand up two different sets. I think in Edinburgh. Um, some of the funniest stand-up you'll you'll ever see. Very very specific. Uh, he's Ooh. he's as big as he's ever gonna get, uh, and he <laughs> and you probably haven't heard of him, but genuinely one of my favorite comics. And I was I reminded of him today when I I was as I said digging through YouTube. So go check that out. Cool. All right. So uh, that's the show for this week. Yeah. Um, we're gonna go rock some people's faces at a house party. Always a dicey proposition. We'll oh, see shit. how. And we're already late. We're late. We're gonna be late. Look. <laughs> you know, how it roll is. up like Guns and Roses. Yeah, we're gonna Guns like. and Roses this shit. Um, yeah. So, uh, till next week. Yeah. Peace.